This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Also brought to you by UFA. Today we talk with the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers about today's snowfall. It brings welcome moisture, but makes calving quite a challenge. We hear from Drew Lerner of World Weather Inc. about weather concerns in major crop-growing regions around the world. APAS says this year's federal carbon tax will cost Saskatchewan farmers over $36 million. And we have a look at U.S. seeding intentions from the latest USDA report that came out Friday. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And also brought to you by Municipal Hail Insurance. Crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. The latest snowfall in southern Saskatchewan is seen as a mixed blessing. Regina's had a couple of centimeters, but some areas have received several inches of snow. The president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, Garner Debald of Hodgeville, says the moisture is welcome but ensures some challenges at calving time. So the the snowfall here is there is it is a mixed mixed blessing. The moisture is very welcome. That's something I think in the southwest here that we definitely are happy with that to see. It does cause some challenges as far as you know people that are getting into calving here right now. Uh, it adds to the workload and definitely is uh, something that they need to work through. But all in all, uh, it's not going to stay long at this time of year, and, and the moisture definitely is welcome. You uh, farm it around Hodgeville. How much snow have you received today? Yeah, out of this in, in the last 24 hours here, we probably have three or four inches of snow. Uh, it is nice, heavy, wet snow and has settled out nicely. Uh, but again, it has accumulated and uh, there's no bare ground showing here at, at our place. But, you know, it looks like it's going to, winter will last through the week here yet, but by Friday here it's going to warm up, warm up nicely. And you say it will improve? The soil moisture was pretty dry in your area? Very, very dry. Like there really is no subsoil moisture here and, and so all of the snow that we've gotten this winter here, you know, it, it will definitely go towards improving those conditions. Much more is needed. There was such a deficit that, you know, we're going to need some spring rain and uh, and summer rain here, I think, to, to grow some grass. But this is a good start for sure. But it will cause some concerns around calving. Oh, definitely, yes. You know, this time of year, uh, calving out is challenging. And, and with the weather wet and cold like this, people are going to have to be on their toes and, and be working 24-7 here to get through this. The stock growers had a fundraiser last week. How did it go and where does the funds go? Right. It, it was a very successful uh, fundraiser here. Uh, the, the auction went well. We definitely thank all of the sponsors, the, the supporters, the people that bid online. All of the buyers, uh, it's very much appreciated. The money goes towards operations and, and helps us in, in uh, continuing to advocate here for farmers and ranchers. And so, uh, again, it's just a, a nice little infusion into into the organization here that helps all of, all farmers and ranchers here in the province. Last year, the stock growers were worried about prices for cattle. And how are markets looking this spring? 
Well, right now, uh, very uh, everyone is very optimistic. Markets are strong. Futures markets are very good. And, and you know, right now, calves that are, are going to market here, uh, you know, definitely are in, in a profit position. So, you know, it, it is something I think that people are optimistic. And going forward here, it looks like things are, are, are up for sure. And uh, let's hope for strong prices for, for years to come. And this time of year, many people are thinking at least about livestock price insurance. Your thoughts there? Yeah, so price insurance is definitely a way here that you can guarantee that you, uh, you know, you can lock in those calves for, uh, you know, the price at, at a profit. And, and so I think that's something that I would sure encourage farmers and ranchers to look at. It's something that, uh, you know, as a tool here that we can manage some of the risk and, you know, definitely give, puts us in a position here where, where we know that we can be profitable come this fall here, you know, barring any any unforeseen downturn in the market and things that can change overnight. So price insurance is a valuable tool and something that I definitely would encourage people to look at. And, you know, there are different levels that you can lock in at and, and for a reasonable price. So, you know, have a look at that. And I, I think it is something that most farmers and ranchers could take advantage of. Gunnar Diebold is president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. Weather is the most important variable for crops, and poor weather in one part of the world will boost prices for farmers in another. So that's why more producers monitor conditions in other important global growing regions. Well-known agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner recently reviewed world weather conditions for other major wheat and durum-producing areas, starting with North Africa. Learner says Tunisia has the worst drought conditions. Quite dry in both the top and subsoil. Relative to last year, Tunisia's got the biggest potential loss coming up. For Algeria, the situation is similar to slightly drier than last year. So they too may come up a little bit less than they did last year. But they could see that change if they could get some better rain coming in in the near future. And then in Morocco, 60% of Morocco's wheat and barley is produced in the southwestern production areas. This region has been in a multi-year drought like North America. And it's so dry in this area that the largely irrigated crop was not planted this year or last year. And so Morocco is going to have a smaller crop right off the bat. So overall for North Africa, the production is going to be less than last year because of Tunisia's dryness, unless something big changes right away. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of change in Algeria's production, uh, a little bit less perhaps. And northern parts of Morocco, actually, they had some good rain earlier on, and the crops there may be actually a little bit better than they were last year. Moving over to India, most wheat areas did not receive much rain from the beginning of January through mid-March. Precipitation arrived about 10 days ago, but it may be too late for some wheat crops. The crop is done reproducing. It's filling at this point. We did see a fair amount of moisture in a very important production area. There was some benefit. You know, certainly some of the crop may have actually seen a little bit of potential for improvement, but only in quality, not in yield. We missed the boat on the yield. Now, there's a lot of chatter out there from India that we damaged some of the wheat because some of this heavier rain in the north was accompanied by hail. And there was some pictures that came from that area showing wheat flattened and all that stuff. Uh, but most likely these were pictures of the worst case conditions and is not representative of the India as a whole. Certainly any rain as you're going through the filling stage can still be beneficial. But when you start maturing the crop and some of this crop is maturing, 
it's not going to be good for the quality. We could end up with some head sprouting. In the southern hemisphere, Australia is coming off a very large crop. Wheat seeding is just getting underway and current conditions are good. However, that could change as La Nina departs and El Nino arrives. El Nino is not a friend of Australia's, and uh, El Nino is always a problem for them. El Nino will likely impact them in their late spring and summer. Okay, this is their autumn. They'll be planting, like I said, April into June. So this forecast that you're seeing here is only for the planting season, and it looks pretty darn good. There's going to be a good balance of moisture a little bit of dryness maybe in the southeast there, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal. There will be a little bit of an increase in precipitation in Queensland and northeast New South Wales, so it will help them get started. So what I think will happen is they're going to get their crop planted. It's going to get off to a fair start. But when El Nino kicks in, it's going to start cheating the rains across Queensland and New South Wales, and we'll probably end up with some moisture stress as those crops reproduce and fill in the latter part of the year. Now, if El Nino starts in June, this is for sure going to be an issue. If it starts in September, it's not going to be nearly as big a deal. Back to our continent, Drew Lerner provides the spring outlook for his home turf in the U.S. Midwest. In the spring, we are going to see a little less than normal precipitation in parts of the Midwest. That'll be great for their planting. We're going to see a little bit more than normal precipitation in the uh, northwestern part of the corn soybean belt, a little bit of improvement in hard red winter wheat country. And uh, you can see a little part of that uh, near to below normal precipitation from Canada that extends into Montana and maybe western part of North Dakota uh, during the spring season. Uh, it would be a little bit cooler biased in the western United States, a little cooler biased in the upper Midwest, but warm temperatures will likely occur across parts of the Midwest. And looking ahead to summer. Because of that PDO pattern that produces the trough in the west and the ridge in the east, you're going to see a warmer and drier than normal pattern in the middle of the U.S., including the western Corn Belt. Uh, you'll see precipitation coming into the Pacific Northwest, running up over the northern plains and into Canada's prairies and you'll probably see more normalish weather occurring in the eastern parts of the Midwest. Drew Lerner is an agricultural meteorologist with World Weather Inc. His comments come from a webinar a couple weeks ago sponsored by the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature, AgriView, with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Canada's beef cattle sector is already calling the negotiations that allow the United Kingdom to join Canada and its 10 partner nations in the Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Pact unjust. The Trade Pact Succession Working Group claims that the UK has provided commercially meaningful market access offers of the highest standard on goods, services, investment, financial services, government procurement, state-owned enterprises, and temporary entry for business persons. The Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance, in a 2021 submission for federal consultations on the matter, warned its member groups cannot support an outcome where UK beef continues to have unlimited access to the Canadian market, while Canadian beef is subject to a tariff rate quota. The Canadian Cattle Association, a CAFTA member, says it's disappointed with a market access agreement that will form the basis for the UK to join the CPTPP without achieving viable access for Canadian beef to the UK. 
The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association says Japan's recent announcement that it's lifting restrictions on Canadian beef is 20 years in the making. Grant McClellan says it's excellent news for Saskatchewan producers, especially since Japan is the third biggest beef importer in the world. Japan said last week that it was reopening its doors to processed beef and beef patties from Canada. This was its last remaining restriction on Canadian beef since it initially shut its border to all Canadian beef following a case of BSE in 2003. McClellan says access to high-value markets like Japan can only be beneficial to producers in the province. The National Farm Animal Care Council has released its revised code of practice for the care and handling on dairy cattle. It takes effect on April 1st of next year. The code includes a timeline to eliminate tie stalls for cows. Effective April of 2027, cows cannot be tethered continuously. New barns will be required to allow daily untethered freedom of movement and social interactions year-round. By 2031, calves will be required to be housed in groups or pairs by four weeks of age. If they're housed outdoors or in hutches, they may only be tethered if they can move in and out of the hutch. They must also be able to have physical contact with another calf unless they need to be separated for health and safety reasons. The U.S. Department of Agriculture released its prospective plantings report on Friday. It says U.S. farmers are aiming to expand plantings of corn, wheat and soybeans this year as the ongoing war in Ukraine keeps global supplies tight. But analysts say adverse planting conditions are likely to trim back the expansion in some northern U.S. states as heavy snowpack and cold, wet soils could delay spring field work. The USDA says U.S. growers plan to seed 91.996 million acres of corn in 2023, the third most in a decade, and 87.505 million acres of soybeans, the third most on record. All wheat plantings were seen rising to 49.855 million acres, although analysts also cautioned that harvested acres could be much lower due to drought in the southern plains and overly wet spring wheat planting conditions in the northern plains. Farmers need to do their part to make sure their grain will be ready for market come harvest time, and the reality is that the onus of that increased scrutiny falls directly into the laps of farmers. The Keep It Clean program is designed to help farmers deal with that burden. It's a joint initiative of the Canola Council of Canada, Cereals Canada, Pulse Canada, and the Prairie Oat Growers Association, funded in part by the Federal Agri-Marketing Program, and offers tools to help farmers ensure their crops meet the ever-changing marketing standards of Canada's international trade partners. The Keep It Clean website breaks down how farmers can meet these challenges into five tips. Use acceptable pesticides. Always read and follow the label. Manage disease pressures. Store your crop and deliver what you declare. While there is good buy-in for the program, it says it's easy to forget about these issues with all the pressures associated with getting the crop in the bin. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. 
specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Two centimeters of snow today, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 8, the low minus 16. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high minus 8, the low minus 16. Wednesday, cloudy, high minus 7, the low minus 16. Thursday, sunny, the high minus 6, the low minus 12. Friday, increasing cloudiness, the high plus 1, the low minus 1. Saturday, sunny, and a high of plus 10 is forecast for Saturday, and a low of minus 1. Sunday, sunny, and again a high of plus 11 degrees. Normal high is plus 8 for this date. The normal low is minus 5. The sun rose at 6.31 this morning. It sets at 7.34 tonight. And currently in Regina, pardon me, let's start with looking at the hot spot in Saskatchewan. It's up north, Buffalo Narrows at minus 2. The cold spot, Yorkton, at minus 15. Estevan, Saskatoon and Swift Current are all minus 9 right now. Weyburn is minus 10, Yorkton minus 14. Regina has light snow and minus 10, that's 14 above Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northeast at 18. Humidity is 71%, the barometer rising 101.9. Light snow and moose jaw, minus 9, winds are from the east, northeast at 13. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 10, that's 14 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Saskatchewan's General Farm Group says producers are facing a financial strain from the rising carbon tax. On April 1st, the tax rose another $15 per ton to $65 and will reach $170 by the year 2030. APAS President Ian Boxall says the carbon tax will cost Saskatchewan farmers over $36 million this year to move their grain to port. All of it's a concern, Jim, and everybody can sh- should be concerned about it, farmers and non-farmers. It's just an added cost right now with the way the economy is and inflation that we just we can't afford. And especially on the producer side of it, we can't pass those added costs along. And, and the one that was really shocking to me was just the carbon tax on the rail freight to get our products that, you know, that the world needs to port. That is just a huge cost that trickles down to the farmer in the basis, and we end up paying Tell me how much that cost is. You've got some big numbers here in your news release. Yeah, it's probably going to be around the $40 million to get our products to port. And that's, you know, that comes right off the producer's bottom line. That is a just-in carbon tax. And that, that's a big hit to Saskatchewan farmers. That's a yearly expense that producers will pay. And as the carbon tax rises every April, it'll continue to go higher and higher. And, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm happy to see the pass of Bill C-234 in the House, and let's hope the Senate expedites that to give us some reprieve on the on the cost we would have on our carbon tax of 
you know, grain drying and heating of barns and greenhouses, that, that'll be a benefit to producers for sure. Because at a time, you know, especially here in Saskatchewan, when you need a grain dryer, you've already had a difficult year. So that would just add one more cost. So I hope the Senate realizes the importance of that bill and expedites that through the Senate to ensure that it gets royal assent here. And that's, of course, carbon tax free for farmers who use natural gas and propane for heating barns or drying grain. Yeah, you bet. Now, you talk about the railway distance, and that's a key part of why it costs farmers so much to move their grain to port. It's just we're 1,100 miles to uh, port. That's right. Just logistically, where Saskatchewan sits in the country and in relation to where the grain needs to get to be shipped out, we are the furthest from port here in Saskatchewan, and it's just a huge cost that farmers, at the end of the day, are not going to be able to afford to absorb. You also pointed out it isn't just grain farmers that are hit hard by the federal carbon tax increase. What about livestock producers? Same thing as as livestock is trucked to, you know, feedlot alley in Alberta and to the slaughter pants. There's carbon tax on all that trucking as well. And let's be honest, here in Saskatchewan, if you bought it, a truck brought it. And there's carbon tax on every single thing that we purchase. And right from the manufacturing of equipment and parts to the, the delivery of those parts, carbon tax on all of the groceries, on everything we buy. And, you know, everybody is going to feel this, especially at a time when inflation and costs are already record high. You spoke with the Common Standing Committee on Agriculture about 10 days ago. Well, how did that go? It went really good, and that was on the cost of food and just on, you know, on carbon taxes, one of those things that is, is increasing the cost of food because those costs will just be passed along to, to the consumer. And it, we need to make sure that they know that these are costs right now that Canadians and people in Saskatchewan can't afford. What's an alternative? You know, I, I, be, I believe there's an alternative that there could be some research done into some true benefit to the environment. I think there there are great things done in agriculture and in other industries that benefit the environment that get very little recognition. I understand that the tax was there to try to change people's habits, but, you know, here in Saskatchewan, with the distances we live apart and, and, and being so rural, those alternatives don't work. And it's time that maybe the government did some research into some of the alternatives and and give incentive where incentives do. You know, farmers have been adapted to the environment because we face it firsthand every day, and we've made some vast changes to the way we farm and our farming practices because it was the right thing to do for our operations, for the environment, for the betterment of everybody. And it's maybe time that some of that was recognized and and a little more research done into what, what benefits those are to the environment. Ian Boxall is the president of APAS. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The U.S. Department of Agriculture's Prospective Plantings reports as farmers intend to seed 92 million acres of corn this year, up 4% from last year and above the top end of pre-report trade estimates. Intended soybean area was steady at 87.5 million acres on the low end of trade expectations. Brian Hoops is the president of Midwest Market Solutions. He wonders if U.S. farmers will be able to plant all those acres if there is a late start to spring seeding. When you combine the meat and the corn numbers, uh, with soybeans being virtually the same as last year, you're looking at, uh, what, 7.4, almost 7.5 million more acres being seeded. 
than a year ago. So I think that is going to be a, a tall challenge, especially if we have a later planted spring this year. I know in the Dakotas, Montana, Minnesota, very much our winter is still hanging on through the end of March and into early April. Hoops expects last Friday's USDA report to remain a key factor in the market for at least a couple weeks. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And also brought to you by Sask Pork. Grain prices at Viterra were showing upward movement in early trading today. Feed barley increased $5 at $357.58. Canola rose $19.20 at $782.52. Flax moved up $15 at $541.98. Oats increased $5 at $220.32. Feed wheat jumped one cent at $289.56. Number one red spring wheat went up $212 at 406.99 the rest were unchanged durham 451.04 chickpeas 1058.22 lentils 782.60 yellow peas 416.95 on the minneapolis grain exchange hard red spring wheat for may rose four cents at 899 and three quarter cents a bushel it's the livestock reports on the voice of saskatchewan 620 ckrm the Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from the Swift Current Yards. We finished off last week with 2,700 head on offer, and here's how it went. The good cows traded from 125 to 142. Medium cows were kind of 90 to 125. The feeding type cows, the three-year-olds, were 140 to 185, and the Two-year-old cows were 190 to 208. Good bulls were 135 to 155. Into the feeder market, the four-weight steers were 325 to 352. Five-weight steers, 312 to 338. Six-weights were 284 to 310. Seven-weights were 272 to 286. The eight-weight steers, they were 245 to 255. And the nine-weights were 231 to 243. Into the heifers, four-weight heifers were 288 to 312. Five-weights, they were 280 to 305. Six weights were 268 to 279. Seven weights were 239 to 267. The good breeding type uh, eight weight heifers were 228 to 247 and 925 at 217. This week, upcoming sales, April the 6th, we're back with a pre-sort internet sale expecting 1,500 head on offer. That'll be Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 5,200 hogs Friday, selling a range of $189 to $201 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to ground 8,000 head, selling a range of $189 to $200 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday, April 1st star. Wooly West 2020, 188.50. Wooly West 2021, 199.00 even. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 192.07. Ham's Cash, 190.07. Thunder Creek Brick Co., 198.17, High Life Cash, 23.49, High Life Contract, $22.68 per CKG. Hamps cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was up zero basis points, with the daily exchange rate 1.3533. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 75.50 cents U.S. 
Daily U.S. cash prices are lower to start the week, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt down $1.54 US on a week compared to Thursday, while the national form is softened by a nickel relative to the previous day. Daily values are lower than their week-ago benchmarks in all regions. Cash markets continue to push lower as packers are having no trouble securing supplies. The weekly average value of the pork cutout was also down compared to the previous week, coming in $1.36 lower when the benchmark was calculated late Friday. The carcass has lost $8.13 a hunter rate over the past four weeks in a move that is not unprecedented for this time of year, but nevertheless stands in stark contrast to the previous two marketing years observing January to April. Lean hog futures are higher to start the week, but just barely in many contracts are only recovering from recent contract lows. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. The Saskatchewan government has announced a $90,000 grant to support research at the University of Saskatchewan on the spread of chronic wasting disease. The research will also cover spread of meningeal worm in woodland caribou and other similar species. The study will use state-of-the-art radio collars and trail cameras, enabling the research team to better understand animal movements and develop a disease transmission model. The results will enable the Environment Ministry to develop science-based management actions to ensure conservation of woodland caribou and their habitat. Environment Minister Dana Skoropad says these diseases put the long-term survival of woodland caribou and other boreal species at serious risk, and the research is important. On the markets today, the TSX is up 136 points at 20,235. The Dow has gained 207 points to 33,114. Oil has risen 478 at $80.45 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.50 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.